0: best there is,
1: plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff.
2: Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy, American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last.
1: Welcome back to the Snowbling Podcast. This is your host, Gorda Van, and uh, today, uh, co-hosting with, with me today is Hal Armstrong from Snow Tech Magazine. How you doing, Hal? Uh, real great, Gorda great uh so full confession here um we got uh blaine stevenson on the line last weekend we uh we had a great interview with uh with blaine and uh um for the first time in over 70 ish 70 episodes uh uh i had a corrupt uh uh file and um the uh the recording was not uh not very good or and i tried to work on it and it just wasn't up to uh a good quality so uh I had to uh, make the call of shame to uh, to Blaine and uh, and ask him to to redo it. So um, we got Blaine on again. So Blaine Stevenson, how you doing?
0: I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for Yeah, it was uh, a little unfortunate for the the issues that we had, but hey, I'm all, uh, I'm glad to be back on and uh, do it all over again.
1: Well, that's great. Yeah. So, um yeah, it's it, it was uh, you, you guys have no idea the uh, the panic I went into when uh when I, I looked at the file after that and it's uh it was it was my worst nightmare to see uh see that uh, file corrupted the way it was and uh you know, I was I was kicking myself all day. So, um, Hal knows because uh, I was texting him all day. So anyway, let's get on with the show here. Um, so, Blaine, you were the you were the first uh, winner of um, of uh, Borders. You're the first uh, oval race. Um, let's talk about the, the, the first of all um, your career. How did how did you start snowmobiling racing?
0: Yeah, um, so we're, my family's originally from the the northern northwestern part of the state of Minnesota. Um, so Deep River Falls area. So uh, my parents both grew up around snowmobiles and, and the manufacturers up there. Um, when I started racing at a real young age. Um, I am a first generation guy. My, neither of my parents raced so we just kind of jumped in when I was really young um, raced through the kitty cat stuff Um, when I turned 10 years old we jumped to getting a big sled and started racing on the big track um and you know it it progressed from there we got a junior sprinter ran formula 500 um, did really well in that for a few years um also ran limited 500 to gain some experience in a little bit of faster sled and and let my dad learn a little bit more on tuning like both of us learn a little bit on tuning and then, um, yeah, 2014-2015, the 2000, uh, we made our first our first run in the pro champ class. Um, so it was a big step there. And we're still a really young team. We had a lot to learn, but we had a few promising runs. And and uh, our pro career has just advanced ever since then to, to now working with Wall Brothers. Yep. So it's been a, a really good ride, and, and we've had a lot of fun doing it.
1: Great. Hal, you're from uh, that uh, area of the woods in you're, uh, What are, What are your uh, recalls from? Uh, from that event.
2: Uh, well, I remember as a, as a kid in the uh, in the seventies. Uh, Beausjour was the kind of probably about the last race before West Yellowstone uh, where all the factory teams would come. Um, So I'm going back to the kind of early to mid 70s and uh, all the big factory teams would come. It was like uh, for us, it was like movie stars coming into town. So, you know, racers like Yvonne Duhamel, Gilles Villeneuve, Bob Eastman, Larry Coltum, I mean, you name it. these guys would all come into town about Thursday, all the big trucks, and uh, and uh, it was just, you know, it was just unbelievable. And of course, you know, in those days, we weren't able to, people weren't as mobile as they are now, so it was... You know, going to Eagle River was, you know, like a dream. You know, it'd be like flying to Hawaii or something. So, growing up just outside of Winnipeg, uh, when all these big factory teams came, it was, uh, it was a pretty impressive uh, sight. And uh, and Bosajer, you know, it's been going on for over 50 years. So the the track now is, uh, it's moved into a new facility. The uh, Canadian Power to Bargain Championship. uh, track, and uh, and of course, they do the uh, the early season uh, race that uh, uh, was just run a couple of weeks ago, and then uh, in, in uh, the end of the year, they have the uh, Canadian uh, power to bargain championship uh, race. So, uh, yeah,
1: it's a, it's quite a venue. Yeah. So, Blaine, um, tell us about the the, the weekend, the first the first race of the year, um, uh, tr- uh, uh, testing before the before the event. How did that go? Uh, any issues? And uh, talk to us about the uh, the trip going up to Beaujolais and um, you know le- leading up to the event.
0: Yeah, so this year's a, a lot of new stuff for us. Um, we partnered with Wall Brothers Racing. Um, anybody who's in or around snowmobiling or racing at all uh, probably knows the Wall name. Um, so we've been able to join forces with them this year, uh, run one of their sleds. that's right out of their shop. Um, it is it is through our trailer. But, yeah, we had a, it's a, a whole new chassis, a whole new uh, thought, uh, something that Jordan and Dustin had been running. So, um New to me, new to new to us. Um, so we we did go testing for one day before um, before our trip up there. The weekend before on Sunday, just to shake down the sled. Um, at the end of the day, we did throw a few clutching things at it just to see what it would do. Um, but we we ended up going up there and. Uh, you know being able to put a sled on a test track with uh, pond ice or lake ice is a lot different than man-made ice so it was interesting it was going to be interesting to see how it reacted um the- these sleds in particular hadn't been run with walker evans shocks yet um, we were the first ones to do so walls work had worked with um, other uh, brands in the past so um, ben hayes was kind of excited to see what we had in store for that too and um, so, yeah, when we got up to, to Bollinger there on, on Friday and ran testing, um, we're real happy right away. It unloaded. I had a few tweaks that we had to do to the suspension to, to get it to rotate through the center a little bit nicer, but um, our speed was good. Our whole shots, we thought, were fine. And and uh, getting into racing, um, we, you know, it started off pretty really competitively, actually. The first three heats were all won by different people. It was uh, Nick started off and then Gunner Glenn and then we ended up winning that final um, so it was a lot of back and forth all day, and then Sunday was a, a little bit better effort by us. We, we won three of the four heats and and got a great start for the final and, and kind of left the field. So it was a, a really good weekend for us. It was something that you know, you put new equipment on the ice, you really don't know what to expect. So for, for us to put it together like that was was awesome.
1: I can't imagine. Um, you know, you say, you say you were testing on uh, on pond ice, uh, and uh, what's what's Uh, uh, What's the size of that track, Hal? Is that a half mile or three-quarter mile? Um... It's a and big. Do you know off the
0: top of your head, spring, what it is? It, it's a big track. Yeah, that's that's a big half mile. It's one of the bigger tracks that we go to.
1: Yeah, so I can't imagine okay. uh, you testing uh, testing on uh, on the pond, and, and uh, I mean your your top speed at Bourgeois, uh it has to be spot on there. And um, so, did did your crew possibly have some uh, notes from last year as far as clutching and gearing uh, to use at Bourgesure because uh, you I mean it's there's not much room for error.
0: Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something you know, something different for us too up there with having Dermont Dermont Wall in the trailers. Dermont's been around sleds uh, since he was a young guy and uh, seen a lot, a lot of cool stuff, and and been in been involved with racing for a long time. Um, so we, we had a few of his notes, mostly his notes, in there, and I and, uh, got to throw some of our own stuff in there, and, and together it, it just seemed to work, seemed to click right away, and um sled was fast. It's the fastest that any of our race sleds have, have ever gone, and a little over 105 miles an hour is, is not too bad. We did have a tailwind, though, so... so. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, really fast, and it is a little different because our our pond where we were at is, is not a half mile by any means. Um, so it was more just a shakedown there, and and then once we get up uh, to Boulderjir on Friday, really trying to get the setup uh, correct and, and on point. So yeah, yeah, a little bit different.
1: Yeah, I I I, I call the Wall brothers uh, the guys that single-handedly killed the twin tracker, uh, because uh, Dave Wall uh, was racing a single tracker uh, in the late years of the twin trackers and uh he would spank the twin the, the twin trackers and then all of a sudden there was uh there was no more twin trackers so i i, I blame them for uh single-handedly uh killing the uh, twin trackers with their with their superior equipment so uh how what do you got for uh, what do you got for blaine
2: just going, Blaine. Uh, 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 back to last year. Uh, you had a fantastic uh, uh, season, and uh, that's pretty probably when your name became maybe a little more common for the uh, for the uh, the race fan that maybe is a casual observer of Champ racing. Um, why don't you just step us through last season? Uh, of course, everybody knows the Eagle River race and and all the uh, all the action that uh, happened in that, and and, uh, and you were able to to pull off a, a win there. So uh, why don't you just step us through last season and? Uh, and uh and then on the off season um, you know it's a pretty pretty big season to uh to top last year so the preparations that went through uh other than hooking up with wall brothers for for this coming year yeah yeah That there was a
0: last year was a great year for sure um definitely our breakout year um and it, you know it goes back to the year before uh we were involved i was involved in that the bad crash with Mount 80 uh, up in ironwood um so it was on the on a sled for the first time in, in about 12 months it's probably the longest i've ever been off of a snowmobile um you know since i was born really and uh so it was uh our first race up in boziger the year before you know definitely was Working off cobwebs, um, you know, just emotionally getting getting myself, uh, my family, everybody back into it. So um, we did we did change our sled up for that year. It had a, a little different geometry in it. Um, it was very very similar to some of the old walls wall chassis that that are running out there today. Uh, so we didn't change too much. Uh, we did come with a new shock package from from Haven there and and Walker Evans. And uh, yeah, we started off the years kind of mid-pack, kind of where we thought. Uh, we did a lot of testing preseason, um, just a lot, a lot of testing, and it was off-the-wall stuff. You know, it was things that that we didn't think other guys were trying. Um, just trying to find our, our own path, and uh, a lot of it was from clutching. We had a, we had really good power plants uh, from Larry Ruglin. They're they're getting old, uh, just because Larry had had retired a couple years prior, but. Um, still, still had a lot of smoke in them, and uh, yeah, when we got to Ironwood, we we got po- we podiumed the first TLR Cup race of the year, so we were really excited right off the bat. Um, you know, I was really excited with uh, that kind of momentum riding into Eagle River, and uh, it really didn't change when we got to Eagle River. Uh, we ran okay, we didn't ran we didn't run great. Um, you know, finishing second in basically every heat. Uh, qualified for the front row after putting it in the bales um, and then so the, the, my expectation especially for Sunday was, was really low um, I, I know I watched the, the snowboard tip sheet and that was we were up there I didn't think we were quite as high as, I didn't put uh, the the numbers together but I thought we were a little bit higher than we should have been but um, just rode, and, rode uh, the first 10 laps out and, and then the second 20 came and um, yeah, just right place, right time at the end of the race and, and we pulled off that win um, You know, I'd rather be lucky than good looking back to that day just because of the circumstances but yeah, it was my first champ win um, so kind of uh, hit my peak right away <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, the rest of the year went on. Uh, we didn't do too hot in, in Lhasa, um, but we just kept fighting. Once we got to, we went up to Valcourt and had some good runs, just not good finishes. Um, but once we got back into the States after that, we, we really got hot on the short tracks. Uh, we put a win together in Luxembourg uh, for the TLR race there. Uh, we won the next weekend of the next round in, for the TLR. Um, and then we went back to Beauger. Uh, we had a little, you know, we are lacking a little bit of speed up there, but we were able to finish off the year and get second in TLR Cup points and, uh, you know, finish off a, what was a really good year and, and something that we weren't really expecting. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great year for, for us. And, and yeah, it kind of did put us on the map. Um, I think we were pretty well known within the oval world, but it really put us, you know, on the map for the industry. And it's, it's cool the people that have gotten to meet, you know, just beyond the the Polaris guys, and um, now now I get to know some of the you know the other disciplines and in snowcross and um, good friends with uh, Tara Bunky and, and his dad Cave and stuff. So it's, it's cool to know those people. Um, and then yeah, over the summer, um, you know, we we were kind of reached out to by Walls and
2: um,
0: with we kind of thought Jordan may have been retiring. We didn't really know uh but with dustin's retirement earlier in the year we there was this thought that they would want to run at least two sleds or you know if not if anything one um they reached out to us and and um we were on board basically right away uh and uh, so yeah, they were they prepped the sled up in Greenbush, and um, we we've, we've done a few things like I said with bringing Ravens shocks on, um, but there are a lot of their things as well. So the, they've been working with Greg Atkinson from Trackside Performance on pipes here for or Motors and Pipes uh, for a couple of years. Um, so we've got a, a Trackside motor in ours, and it's it's really really strong as it was showing up in Bodiger. um, Thank you. And then, yeah, we got, to, we got the sled going, and, and uh, you know, everything ever since then has been really good. Um, it's fun to work with some of their sponsors, too, um, having Jimmy John's on board. Um, FXR has us looking really good. And, uh, yeah, just everybody who was part of it, it's been, it's been a really cool ride, and we look forward to getting into the rest of the year. You know, it's, it's early. Uh, we had that early su- success, so I think the bar is set pretty
2: high, but we've uh, we just got to keep going with it. Yeah, nice. So that's uh, you know, Boziger was uh, was December uh, 8th, 9th, and uh, so now you, you've got a, almost a three-week uh, layover over Christmas to till, uh, till Glendon. Um, so what do you do, uh, um, you know, this three-week period? How, how has the weather been up your way? Is, are you still able to practice? You still got good ice? Or, uh Um, maybe kind of step us through this three-week period? Do you you take the machine back and completely uh, strip it down to the chassis and go over everything, or is it pretty well left untouched?
0: Yeah. um, Well, the weather has been a little bit warmer. Um, It did melt all of our snow, which kind of stinks. I was actually able to ride in the ditches here a little bit. There wasn't a ton, but uh, I was able to go ride a little bit uh, in there and then we really haven't gone out since um, just because, you know, last week we had a, we were family Christmas had to attend to up in, up in Fargo, which we thought was going to work out because we were going to head to Glendon has the practice scheduled. And we were pretty excited actually to get to slide on, on what was going to be the next racetrack. Uh, but with the warm weather that came through, it, you know, they, they canceled it for good reason. It was, it was warm and, and we were to chewed up a lot of ice, I think that day. Um, so since then no we haven't we haven't been on the sled um, it's been apart a little bit um you know we we peck over everything that we can uh, we we haven't stripped it down it's just one race there shouldn't be anything major um next major overhaul will come between uh ironwood and eagle river we'll make sure it's all good we'll get some testing in between those two weeks and uh, you know, really, really make sure the sled's prepped for for the derby. That's that's the big one for us for for all over races. And and uh, yeah, we'll make sure it's ready for there. But uh, we've got some time this you know over Christmas. We're gonna get out testing here a little bit. Um, the track changes you know a ton. We go from that big, huge half mile um, flat up in Bozeman to now we're running in Glenden, which is uh, you know it's I think it's a, a little over a quarter mile and it's banked and. Um, so it's just a whole different ball game, and and we just got to be ready for the, the competition and, and the track, and you know anything that's thrown at us. Yeah, um, Blaine, as far as far as
1: your sled, and I know you can't talk too much about the uh, the, the little tricks of the trade of of, uh, of, uh, of frame building and sus- and suspension and stuff like that. But do you have any idea where the walls get their inspiration? Uh, are, are they big? Um, um stock car or or outlaw or you know do, do, where where do they get their inspiration for all their their excellent chassis uh cuz they they go back a long way
0: right yeah and there's i think that's that's most of it you know they've dave and durmont have been in the sport for so long and and seeing so much um i also think it's you know it's what they're competing against there for a while, um, you know, the wall chassis was the dominant chassis, and basically everybody had one. Um, Wandershides and Moyles, they stayed on their own stuff. Uh, Chartier, Chartier and Mike Cool came roaring back. Um, Mike Mike builds a really good chassis, um, and it, it shows in the results that they've had over the past few years. Um, just with with Malcolm and now Gunner, um, you know, basically dominating the TLR Cup there for Gosh, it's been uh five six years now that that those two had have won it uh Cardell was mixed in there too, and he was on an older wall chassis um but yeah the other the other part of it is you know I think they're open to learning a lot um you Dustin still runs the name mod Jordan was involved with uh some modified racing too um so I know they attend some some chassis schools just to. You know, here out there, and and um, you know, I think there's a little bit of inspiration from the the engineers at Polaris themselves. I know they're still connected uh, within the engineering group, and and you know, there's ideas passed around each way. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's a lot of different avenues of, of inspiration. I think they use as many as they can.
1: Yeah. So so during the break, um, um, do you put your sled on the on the on the dyno? You, you said that you're going to kind of leave it, uh, leave it uh, as as is until Eagle River. But uh, do you do you do you go to the dyno at all and kinda of look at for any more uh any more horsepower out of your uh, your four forty engine?
0: Um not particularly right now, no. Um i know greg has been laid up a little bit here with uh, some some health issues here and there but uh, he's he's recovering and um I, I believe he just moved his shop and moved houses and everything so um yeah we're just kind of right now wishing greg a speedy recovery um I, we think that you know we've got some of the best power out there uh we just have to keep applying it to the track and uh when greg's back and healthy and, and ready to go uh, you know i don't doubt that there There'll be more development, and, and until then, we'll just uh, kind of
1: run with what we got. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get into uh, your your the weekend of uh, Bourges, uh, you mentioned the TLR Cup, and um, talk to us about uh, that uh, to TLR Cup. Uh, they did an excellent job for uh, for a few years uh, putting on uh, well, really bringing back professional oval racing, uh, and uh, this year they, uh, they they changed hands. Uh, the ownership changed hands. Um, um, maybe talk uh, to us about. About the series uh the, the new pro star series and uh, ussa series that you're going to be running and, uh, and and also um uh what the tlr cup uh meant pra, to, for you guys to to uh, kind of showcase uh pro oval racing again
0: right yeah that's a really good point um t- so tommy leaper um that's what, kind of what tlr stood for you know tlr tommy leaper racing um he was, uh you know involved with the diamonds um racing enduro stuff and you know he was he was very interested in champ racing and, and really loved the sport and uh you know he you kind of saw it was dying there and in, in uh, the early 2010s um so He he decided to come up with this TLR Cup and, um, you know, bring incentive back into Oval Racing because there wasn't a whole lot. You know, he he saw some of the you know back in those days um, where the money was within USSA or ora or Wsa um, any of those series it wasn't a ton they did the best that they could but Tommy saw that you know needed another boost and and he jumped in and from the TLR cup um, third off pretty small the first couple of years um, but I think it was three or four years in he you know he upped the purse to a hundred thousand for the year um, you know with the Getting twenty five thousand dollars, and that's uh, you know just a huge amount of money, and it gives guys incentive to travel around and and bring the show to different places, you know, across the Upper Midwest and um, you know to the East Coast a little bit there for a while, and and uh, yeah, it was sad to see it go. Um, I was very happy, you know, myself back in two thousand and ten. I was just a young guy and or a kid really, and um, you know they're. I wanted to race champ, but we needed to make sure that it was going to be, you know, a viable option. And and Tommy putting in that incentive out there, you know, just gave us the extra drive to get to that pro level and, and race with the best guys in the world and and run the TR Cubs. So, um, his contributions to oval racing, you know, deserves uh, you know some of the highest honor I believe. You know, he was uh, you know just a really great guy, and and for him to to do that for oval racing for so many years was we we're, we're just just a blessed group of guys to, to have that around, but yeah. Now this year with um, with the oh succession basically of the TLR Cup, um, USSA has decided they've worked with a bunch of the sponsors from the TLR Cup. Um, they're working on you know making this new tour. So it is uh, another traveling tour. It follows a lot of the same uh, races and venues. Um, we do actually go back out to Valcor. We're racing in Ironwood and Wausau, Eagle River, um, and then up uh, in Borders too. So, um sounds like they've got a, a, a really good tour coming. Um, we're really excited that, that they were able to put it together here so quick. Um, you know, because TLR announced that that, that it was done uh, in October. So, um really happy with the the effort that those guys have put on, and I'm really excited to race
2: the U.S. to save uh, the Pro Star Cup. Go ahead, Hal. Yeah, Blaine, uh, just... Uh... Maybe just for the uh, the listener, um, you know, who's a you know a a, a, a snowmobiler. Uh, maybe they just picked up their new uh, their new 600 or 800 or 850. Uh, and uh, what, what's it like to be the the power on one of these sleds? I know it it sounds like a 440, so a lot of people out there might be thinking, Ah, oh, these things aren't quick, but. Uh, what, what's it like to grab a handful of throttle on one of these sleds off the start line if, if a person was able to, you know, uh, a trail rider was able to do a couple of laps on one of these sleds? What would be the biggest surprise that they would notice uh, compared to uh, their regular trail sled? That, that's an awesome question.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the... the uh, biggest things that you're going to feel is the g-forces um they, you know over racing for a lot of years and still is kind of compared to you know the indy 500 um so it kind of would be going from you know your your uh street car to an indy car they're you know, we get up uh, 0 to 60 in, in right around, you know, two seconds, 2.2 seconds, maybe a little bit less at some tracks, or depending on who you talk to, but 0 to 60 in, in no time. And, um, you know, the G-force is through the corners and out of the corners. And, you know, how fast these sleds accelerate is, it, it's a rush, really. Um, you know, I've got a, I've got a new Indy XC 600, and I, I'm, I'm very impressed with the amount of power and, and the pull that's got um, but it is it, you know it still is a, just a crazy amount of difference going from, from that stock trail sled to you know our full blown champ sleds um, yep they're just 440s um, but there's just about anything you can you can think about to do to them is done to them so uh, yeah the G-forces are phenomenal um, handling is, is phenomenal uh, makes it for a lot of fun and, and they're, they're not too hard to drive um, they'll beat you up depending on how aggressive they are
2: but uh yeah it's just a ton of fun cool um, so just uh you know uh, touch on getting in shape we know that the, the snow cross racers uh, you know they go through uh, quite an off-season uh uh regime of uh keeping in shape circuit training they got personal trainers uh you know we, we hear all about uh what it takes to to, uh, to do 15 or 20 laps or on a uh, on an ISOC uh, uh, pro sled? What's it uh, What's it take for uh, for uh, uh, a pro champ uh, rider to uh, be at the top of his game to uh, to hang on to one of these sleds without uh, you know getting uh, played out? What kind of training do you do?
0: That's not a great question. um, I focus a lot on cardio i do i do really like circuit training. Um, my fitness base comes from uh, my time cross-country running in high school. Um, I wasn't the fastest guy ever, but we put a lot of miles on. Um, nowadays, my, my legs are a little beat up, so I can't run quite as much as I would like. Um, I still enjoy running, whether it's uh, with some buddies or by myself. Um, I just always try to go too fast. <laughs> but um, I've, uh, I've also become real fond of, of mountain biking. Um, we got a few pretty good trails around just um, you know, when I lived up in Fargo, there were two really good trail systems, and then um, back at home here now, I'm able to travel into cities, and, and uh, they've, there's you know 20 trail systems within Twin Cities that to go to, and uh, made a lot of good friends doing that too. AJ Lang, he's an old snowcross mechanic turned oval racer, so one of the guys that I, I like to go out to when I, when I can. You know, it's, it's a little tough getting out there. Um, it's a little bit different. My training um changed just because uh used to be at, at college and, and you have the wellness system there the wellness center uh, right there on NDSU, ndsu's campus and now i'm back home and uh we've got a, a gym set downstairs and i'm able to go in there four or five times a week um you know summer fall um, into race season try to try to you know keep my body active and um when i'm really you know kind of going through that boot camp phase uh you try to get your heart rate up, uh, you know, for extended periods of time and, and you know, work your body to the amount or more than what it will experience in a race. And, um, so that'll, you know, you always think of the, the big long races like uh, Eagle River and the 25 lapper there now this year. So, um, you get, you experience a lot of, uh, a lot of arm strain. um, try to train differently to, to, you know, make my core take some of the brunt of it and, and that kind of thing so we may not, we might not do as much leg training as uh, some of the snowcross guys um i know that they they use their legs in different ways but um yeah a lot of a lot of core a lot of cardio um some upper body stuff too and and yeah just try to
2: hang on to those those funds for 25 laps Okay, that's uh, that's great to uh, great to uh, hear, and uh, and also to let everybody know that you know, snowmobiling is not just uh, racing is not a one dimension uh, sport anymore. Uh, it's just like a lot of other sports. You have got to be training uh, year-round to be uh, at the top of your game, especially on this type of equipment. When you were uh, uh, younger, growing up, uh, who was the uh, who are the riders that you uh, that you uh, looked up to? Uh, you know, when you were uh, running in the in the lower classes, who were you uh, aspiring to uh, to be?
0: Yeah, um, so when we were younger, um, you know, just being that we both my parents grew up from the Pea River area, we were big Articat people. Um, so whenever we'd go to races, you know, we'd cheer for the Articat guys, and and a lot of the Articat the Articat guy was was PJ Wanderscheid. So. Um, it's, it's crazy now cause um, we're pretty good friends with PJ. Um, you know, it's, it's cool to, you know, he he texted me after the WC, you know, saying congratulations, and, and he was there and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, he was one of the big ones when I was really young, looked up to. Um, as I got older, too, and and uh, got to watch a little more champ racing, I um, really appreciated the way that, that Terry Wall raced and, and presented himself. And, uh, you know, just he, he was very accomplished, too, um, just, have should have could have won you know four or five eagle rivers as well um so those those are my two guys that i I always did really look up to um i enjoy going back and and you know trying to watch videos and reading stories and all this kind of stuff of uh, some of the you know really old stuff the snow pro days um read the starfire kids book um of ice and engines of eagle river and uh, you know, we my dad worked used to work with uh, Franz Rosenquist over in Atwater, um, so I got to know Franz a little bit and the history of the sport. Uh, you know, I just become a, a bigger and bigger fan of it. You know, as life goes on, so it's um, become fans of those guys even you know at this day and age. Yeah, cool. Of
2: course. Oh
1: yeah. Um. So, uh, Blaine. Uh Talk, talk about about uh uh your sled a lot of a lot of uh people that they're, they're really not familiar with uh what the rules are for uh for uh for your sled uh, what what can you do to the chassis and and what uh talk about your 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 engine and what what can you do to your engine yeah
0: there's uh so the rules are pretty open for for chant classes um uh, uh, so we start off with with basically nothing um we have, to, we have to use an OEM engine from the start, uh, so we can't make like billet, you know, billet chain cases, billet. Uh Uh, jugs, anything like that. Um, But anything beyond that really is is game. Uh, We have to use 34-millimeter round-side Makuni carburetors, Um, but as far as exhaust, we we run full twin pipes with stingers. Um, We run, you know, modified intakes and and modified uh, ports, all that kind of stuff. Everything, as far as the engine, ICU, all of it's changed. Um, and then our chassis, they start off, they're, they're all hand built and, uh, we run tubular front ends. I know there's some guys out there, a lot of the wall stuff or the, uh, excuse me, cool chassis, they're bulkhead front ends. And, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I can't remember what our width rule is. I think it's 45 inches and, and we have to stay within a certain length as well. Um, we can run any track sizes that we want. Um, so we run uh, 106 inch tracks. Um, There's some guys out there that are running 116s. don't see any 121s or anything like that. But um, exotic materials are all allowed. So we can use carbon fiber and titanium. Uh, I see a lot of that in, in uh, you know, rotating parts, just trying to reduce uh, rotating mass. and. Um, but yeah, there's there's still a lot of the stuff that we don't dabble in. Um, we don't have a ton of exotic materials on ours. Uh, I think we have one carbon fiber piece and and uh, you know a few things titanium here and there. But um, you know we there there are guys out there that will run titanium studs, but all of ours are you know the steel stud boy ice picks and. We still run aluminum backers and everything, so um, yeah, the rules are, are very open and uh, kind of makes it fun. You get, you get a lot of the guys with some big imagination, just like the walls, and um, you know guys like Greg who who are just beyond smart. Uh, it's way over my head some of the stuff that they can talk about, and, um, yeah, it makes it a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so probably the biggest question is, and you can yeah. you can give us kind of an estimate, but uh, what are we looking at for price if, if I if I wanted to go out and uh, win eagle? river what's it going to cost me <laughs>
0: yeah um, that's that's a good question you should call Dave on that one <laughs> but uh, yeah it's you know it's it our sled is, is living proof that it doesn't need to be you know 100% of everything you know top of the line uh, we we're using you know used parts as far as chain cases and, and we had an old skid in it and and um, you know, we we didn't have a ton invested, but uh, um, you just have to invest in the right things. You know, we we definitely done our homework too, as far as clutching and and trying to reduce as much rotating mass that we could in an economical way. Um, so, you know. We're, I think we maybe had 12 invested in that one last year, so it's, uh, it's about what you need to at least go and be competitive in a WC.
1: Yeah. Are there other competitors that are really going uh, all out and, like, really throwing a lot of cash into their sleds?
0: You know, there's a lot of talk about what guys have and what guys don't. Um, and as far as, you know, what they do and what they don't, you see some guys running carbon fiber backers. Um, I can kind of tell what studs are are titanium and what aren't but uh you know it's all case by case i know there's some guys out there that that just don't believe in in all the super high-tech stuff but yeah you can definitely depending on what you want to invest into it you can you can definitely put some some uh, cash into these things just like anything though you know
1: yeah yeah okay um i guess we should get into uh borders um uh, going into the going into the uh, into the races, you did a, a, a little bit of testing on the pond and stuff like that. But uh, um, how was the how was the trip up there? Uh, uh, do you have a big race trailer or, or semi or anything like that, like some, like some guys? And uh, uh, qualifying, uh, how'd that go?
0: Yeah, so yeah, Bochumer is not too too bad. Um, after Valcourt, everything seems like a short trip. <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's like 8 hours from our house uh, we just scoot up uh, I-94 get to Fargo and take I-29 up through uh, Pembina there um kind of take the the roundabout way around Winnipeg and, and uh, get to the small town of here um Some things have changed there in recent years. Um, They've got, you know, the hotel has has done a complete 180 that everybody kind of stays at, and it's, it's good to see. You know, they used to have the pool closed, and now it's back open, things like that, so... Um, but the town has, has always been a, a great host um, there's there's a lot of excitement around it too and, and you know everywhere we go it's oh you guys are here for races oh we're so glad to have you and, and uh, that's always nice to see the public you know still accepting of, of racing and especially that one and, and knowing that they, you know, they do recognize that there's a little bit of good or a lot of good that we do and spending money at their stores and things like that Yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah we have uh, we've got a not a huge trailer but we pull a 44 foot enclosed gooseneck race trailer um a, oh we bought it a couple of years ago now um hallmark and we got her all all souped up to our liking with a few counters here and there and a bench for all the girls to to sleep on at the end of the day um and then we just pull it with our I think we got a 2013 Ford F-351 ton so um it's uh makes travel a lot a lot easier than, than what we used to we used to have a, a bumper pull and it kind of pulled the truck all over but uh we got to a point there where we wanted a little more room and, and we upgraded to this this forty four footer so it's, uh it makes life pretty easy yeah yeah
1: so uh how how did the uh how the qualifying go in 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 and, and and do you only, you you only have one sled this year right or did you hang on to your sled from last year
0: yeah we've for sure got got uh the sled from last year i plan on keeping that one for a while just because of the the w c there um but, uh, yeah, qualifying was interesting just because you know we're all on level playing fields with uh, everybody's got something new, right, so um, started off uh Nick Van stridedonk won. Gunner was second, and we ran third, um, we all three were you, know, you could throw us under a blanket. And uh, you know, on our side, it was you know, we didn't get off the line very well. We didn't have uh, speed out of the corner to catch them, um, but down the end of the straightaway, we would we'd have you know a couple miles an hour. It seemed like on them. Um, and then I was still struggling to get you know, like I said, through the center of the corner and off. Just couldn't get it to rotate like I needed it to. So we kept on making adjustments. We went out there for the second heat. Um, a lot of the same story. We got an okay start. Um, I think we had the pass uh, one guy and and then we got to to third and just kind of stalled out there behind Nick Van stride on that time. So um, Turn one, heat number two. Heat number three was a little bit uh, more awkward on Saturday. Just got a, got a pretty terrible start actually. And uh, we were running about I think we were running fifth. Uh, running alongside our, our teammate Tom and sled started missing and, and everything down the back stretch and and uh normally when you hear that so you kinda of pull in and and um you know let the crew take a look at it. But I didn't even get a chance to, to get all the way around the track and it shut off and turns three and four and so I, I kinda of thought it was blown up and uh you know, we'd have a long rest of the day and rest of the weekend, but Got it back to the to the trailer, tore the head off of it, checked carburetors, checked reeds, you know, basically everything we could, and uh, never found a glaring culprit. Um, so we put it back together and huh. just kind of hoped for the best in the in the final. And in the final, we tried something. New again, or we went back to our original setup, I think, for got a decent hole shot, ran third for first two laps, and then uh, was able to make a pass on Garner into turns three and four. And um, I ran a couple sloppy laps right after that. You're just getting a little bit excited and. Uh, Paw myself down and, and ran a pretty clean last five laps and was able to open up. A, you know, I think it was an eight foot length lead and kind of hold that over Gunner and, and we ended up winning that first race in the final. So that was that was pretty good. Um, we tried it kind of a whole different clutching scenario, kind of what we were trying last year. Uh, for Sunday, um, heat races were a lot, you know, again, really tightly contested, but we, we had a lot better hole shot, which just helped us out. And you know, we'd make quick passes on lap one and two instead of, you know, trying to rally in lap three, four, five of a heat race trying to win. Um, So, yeah, we got uh, We ran first um, Got a really bad start in the second one Just couldn't see with snow dust And started moving up late, but got fourth Um, Then we won the last two with good hole shots And again in the final, got a good hole shot And was able to, to leave the field there a little bit so it was um, just a lot of new stuff with like I said with this new new sled new chassis um, new, new engine package and uh, we got a lot to learn I still think there's some left in the sled um, I think our, our suspension setup's pretty dang close for the year we got a good baseline anyway and and
1: uh, yeah, I just look forward to the rest of the year. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah. Do you uh, do you use it? Do you uh, use any uh, telemetry uh, uh, on uh, on your body or, or your sled? Uh, uh, I know some some motocrossers and, and uh, snowcrossers they they use uh, like LitPro uh, GPS uh, to to ghost their laps. Um, do you do anything like that to uh, track your lap times or uh, you know for a race and uh, see what uh, what you're improving on and uh, where you're improving on?
0: Yeah, for sure. We use the AIM data system, Um, so SnowPro, the EVO 4, I believe is what we use. Um, It's really user-friendly just because you can download everything for free right online. Oh, Dave and Dave down in Chicago. I can't remember what their business and call is called, but they're always really nice and easy to work with. Um, they came to Eagle River last year and, and gave some tips on you know how to use some of the software and and you know set up this and that. Um, so yeah, we use the the Aim Data Collector. Um, I have seen the Lit Pro. It, it's really interesting. I think um, it's great that you can use it on your phone it as an app and everything. Um, the only thing the Lit Pro wouldn't. Allow to do that the aim does is we can collect um, a lot more telemetry as far as RPMs and yeah, yeah. And, uh, speeds and that kind of thing from the sled itself so that's why we kind of preferred to use that we did look into lit pro a little bit but uh, yeah still the that Aim EVO 4 works great and there's a lot of guys out there that use it so if you're ever having some technical issues you can always go trailer to trailer and, and uh, you know try to get a little bit of help or um, you know if you've got a wire that's not working somebody in the
1: you has got to have one so yeah so you said yeah, you said, you, said, you, said uh, you made some you made some improvements uh from the qualifiers to to the finals uh can you can you tell us what you did and uh you know what where were you off uh kind of thing and and uh, what did the uh wall brothers uh boys uh do to uh to uh help you out if you can if you can if you can tell uh tell some secrets <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Well anybody who who does clutching knows that the clutches especially at, you know, ten thousand RPM and engaging around you know, anywhere from six to seven seventy three even uh 7300 rpm um they just get to be so finicky and, and you have to be really dialed in so you know, it was just you know messing with uh, whether it was shims here and there um you know trying to get it to engage lower or higher um and then the other big part of it for us was was uh, suspension um and and like i said we work with ben hayes and, and walker Evans shocks and uh Years ago when we were running F five hundreds, you know, I, I got to be very mechanical in how the flood is set up and and I am the guy who sets our sleds up for suspension. My dad won't even touch it anymore. He just he's like, no, that's your deal, and and uh, so you make the adjustments, and and um, so I, you know, I always get to change my own suspension stuff, and um, I think that was one of the big things we were lacking. Like I said, was the center off the speed, um, and it was just because I couldn't move through the center. Um, so it was, was just on me a little bit to to uh, you know get us through. Through the corners a little bit better, and then um, we just started. You know, we got our, our clutching dialed in as far as full shot there at the end of the weekend, and and uh, that really helps too to get out front early or even you know top three is is a lot better just because you can see. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just a few just you know details. Yeah, you see, you say yet you you improved
1: on your your center off. Uh, so that's uh, so that's mid corner. Uh, uh, what do you, what do you do? Do you do you uh, do you tweak the camera? amber or, uh, or 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 preload or or uh, or compression on the springs uh can you can you tell us what uh, what maybe you did and uh maybe maybe this might help uh some other uh
0: formula guys maybe right yeah it's um gosh what did i do so these these new shocks are so easy to work with, and it's it's been a blessing working with Ben Hayes, like I said, um, and the, both players, guys, him and, and Tom Junior, just because we were never shock people before before Hazer came into into our racing careers, um, and it, these new shocks with you know having quicker adjustments makes it so easy, and you can fine you know fine tune uh, suspension setups so easily. Um, so yeah. I was just, uh, you know, I think I was a little light on shocks and, you know, would come in and uh, kind of transfer all the weight forward. So I, I stiffened up the front and and uh, and then we had a little too much transfer in and, and the rear. So I'd stiffen up the rear a little bit here and there. Um, but it, it wasn't too, anything too aggressive. I don't like messing with camber just because you, you can really make a sled aggressive. Um, so it's, I think, I think we might have to. At some point, but for now i'm I really don't want to touch that um, so everything that I every change that I made was within shot compression itself and then uh spring rate yeah
1: so you're, you're clutching uh I, I suspect it's, uh, it's a it's a handmade clutch uh, uh, uh who who makes your clutch and uh have you have you got a separate guy that uh just does your clutching
0: um actually we have to run um OEM or not even OEM we just have to run commercially available clutches okay. yeah. um, so there can be there can be custom we just run Polaris clutches um, every now and then we'll, we'll dabble with an Articat roller too in the rear um, but um, so we'll change depending on the track depending on the conditions um, but yeah it's, it's uh, we try to again make them light um, I think everybody does and then uh, um, as far as clutching, it's, it's a very open conversation in our trailer between everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, myself, myself, um, the old Van book, the clutch tuning handbook that Old Van has written, with <laughs> yeah. the it You laugh, but man, yeah, that's, all, that's, a, that's an a old, really book. Good that's a book from the eighties. <laughs> I had that yeah, book. I had that it book. Is, <laughs> it's it still applicable, man. We we have it in our trailer, but. Uh, yeah, we you know we we try to to you know understand clutching theory as much as we can that way and and um, so yeah it's 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 a very open conversation between you know whether last weekend or a couple of weekends ago here it was uh, Dermont and then you know my dad um, normally Alan Dalkey is there he's very sharp when it comes to clutches um, Greg Beener is another one of our our uh crew guys who's who's raced with his son gavin he's very sharp and clutching um so like i said it's just a very open conversation you know here's what it did here's what blaine felt here's what the data says um you know if we did this it's going to do this if we do this it's going to do this um and there's there's normally a mutual agreement on what we're going to do um and then Gavin and I will get in on the conversation a little bit here and there too. But there's normally a mutual agreement on what we're going to do. Um, you know, depending on how we want it to react and. Um, you know the clutch ratio that we're running at. There's just so many variables to it yeah. that uh, it always depends on on conditions and track size and and what sled's doing. So yeah, yeah, like I said, it's a very open conversation, and and we just try to you know everybody has input and it's always welcomed. Yeah. Well
1: we're talking about uh, uh, clutching. Um, uh, what was Glenn Hurt thinking there? Uh, he was beside you in the final there. Did you did you see that? <laughs> did, did you did you see it through your peripheral vision? Uh, him kind of launch a sled, uh, kind of. Straight up, uh did you see that?
0: Absolutely, I I had to restrain myself from looking back just to make sure he didn't flip over. <laughs> that was uh, that was a sight, man. I and it, you know, I you see it, and as a racer, it was like holy man. Um, and then you know all the focus goes on to the rest of the race, and yeah. I never never thought about it. So we. We got rolling, and I I got on social media, and I saw that. I was like, holy man, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, And it was, you know, by far, you know, one of the more wicked things I've ever seen an old sled do, but it was... Um, it may not have been fast, but it was definitely
1: cool. I got everybody talking. So yeah, yeah. Well, we watched it on the live stream, and uh, I tell you, that was a it was a shocker that uh, that he he basically launched it, and uh, the sled almost went straight up. But uh, kudos to Glenn too. He he came back. He came back fast. Uh, so he had a, he had a good sled. Right. Had had he not done that, uh, it could have been a different race. You know, had he not uh, right. goofed up there. So, but uh, um, okay. So. Um, you're, you're the you're the you're the defending eagle river uh, champion um let's talk about that uh, eagle river last year uh, that was uh and, and you kind of let the, the, the cat out of the bag uh with a breaking news uh eagle river could be a 25 lap straight race instead of the break uh um unlike the, they had the uh the halftime last year but uh talk about the uh, eagle river last year with the uh, the red flags and uh and that uh, the, you know the biggest race of the year and uh, and you brought it home
0: Right, yeah. So um, yeah, I think it all starts, you know, we, we time trialed okay. I think we time trialed six. But, but I hadn't been to that racetrack in, in two years, you know, with my injury the year before. And the year, the year before that, though, we were just wicked fast. Um, we actually passed Matt Schultz for the lead of Friday Night Thunder and then blew a belt with, like, three to go. Um, then our sled acted up for, for the world championship. So, um, you know, it, I'd never... Finished even a world championship race. Um, I'd only been in one for, I think we ran 12 laps. Um, So I was I was just excited to to you know be back at the racetrack and then you know we had good runs. We blew another belt on Friday Friday night, Um, and I I I fully think we could have won that race. Um, You know, Cadel was fast, but I think we were we were toward him. You know, in the middle of that race and. Um, so I was confident going into Saturday, but the track just got rough, and, and it was not to my liking. And um, so we ran second in our in our heat race, um, and then in our semifinal to get into the WC. Actually, I was running third behind Jordan, um, and just slipped up and and tossed, the sled into the bales. First time I've ever been in the bales in Eagle River, and um, I, I was you know a hand slipped off and it i just caught a bump and it jarred me and i was not expecting it the whole time i was sliding towards the bales and i was like i could not believe i just did that i cannot believe i just did that so um but yeah we we still qualified for through that um through that heat or that semifinal uh, semi-final there and um you know like i said earlier i just i just gave us no chance going into the wc you know i thought we could have a a decent run and um i i picked the bottom thinking that that would be better um which was just a huge mistake and we got a poor hole shot and then i was stuck on the bottom which was not fast lane um so jerry brickner finally worked me over and got by me and and uh thank god because i finally got to go back up to the high line and, and run some fast laps but we were seventh at the at the halfway point and at that point in time you know it's it's uh you know changing carbides and and um, you know i still gave us basically zero chance but i knew that we could run some of these guys down just because of fitness and and things like that you know our sled seems to get better as the races go on so off the whole shot we made a few quick Passes got up to fourth, kind of like I thought we would. Um, started running down the leaders, and I could see Colt was working Cardell over, and then Gunner was just, you know, six sled lengths back, just kind of waiting, or you know, couldn't quite get up to the front too and and then you know I'd make up like a second or two. And then I'd overdrive a corner and be out in the slush and and try to gain that all back, and i gain that back up. And then um, with, like, eight to go, I think I, I did it one last time as you just had to run on that fine line. It's like running the cushion of a dirt track. Um, so this had to run that to be fast and and hop the cushion one last time. And from there, I kind of rode, thinking, "Well, this is kind of where where Jen." I could still see we were catching them. Um, and then I came down the front stretch, and, and Cardell was on the ice, and you know Gunner was right there, and um, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna I'm going to get another shot at it at least." And um, we were actually going back to the start. I followed Colt out there, and I heard his sled gargo, which I, I just still feel sick about him. I, I, we really like Colt, and you know his parents, um, Wayne and Lena, and, and um, you know. Uh, oh shoot who's he working with dale Lawrence again dale is such a nice guy all those guys are so nice so it's just sickening that it happened to them um but it, it, i heard it gargle and and i was like that's not good so he, he obviously didn't go and, um yeah those last two laps uh garner just it, i don't know it's like hitting the braking bumps and the sled doesn't go where you want it you know and uh, when that happened, and and you know, I saw the green light all the way down the back stretch, Never saw anything else, and so I finished the lap and came around and was checkered flag. And I still just talking about it. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it's uh, never won a champ race before, but we in the right right place, right time for that one. Yeah,
1: you win the biggest one. Okay, hell hell, you got any more questions?
2: Yeah, just uh, another one. Uh, when you guys are going down the straights, and probably more bozzajer, are, are you are you allowed to draft, and, and does drafting really make a difference? Can you can you pull up behind a guy and then slingshot past him? or or the aerodynamics such that it doesn't really work on the on those legs?
0: Um, in my opinion it doesn't help much but I think there's a few things about it um, number one I don't I don't like to follow people just because if that guy blows a belt you're right there you're gonna run him over you know yeah. so I I don't, I don't like to follow I'll put you know like a ski behind the guy and you'll kind of get a draft at a point I don't think it helps much but that way you've got time to react and and uh, you're not fully right behind him um, and at Beaujolais in particular, I think I, I I told Dustin this, and he might think he he might think I'm crazy, but um, down the front stretch at Beaujolais there was there was like a, a 12 mile an hour headwind, um, and the one time I was behind, Nick was to my inside, and Gunner was right in front of me, um, and the closing rate was wicked fast, and it hadn't been that good all day and um, I got done with the race and you know kind of replaying it in my head and I was like man there might have been an actual draft so um, if you get into a, a real situation like that especially at Boulder, the it's really long straightaway, away um, there might be but for the most part everywhere we go no not really yeah, because when I look
2: back, you know, at the at the older uh, uh, Snow Pro sleds, you know, and I'm going back to well, even the Twin Trackers, you know, the drivers back in those days was able to tuck behind the windshield. They had the big, you know, uh, dome kind of windshield that the rider could tuck his shoulders and everything behind. And and now, for the most part, you know, the sleds are they, they resemble more of a, a, a production style hood, you know. Um, so people can differentiate between a Polaris, a Skidoo, um, um, you know, and, and the sled. So I guess that thinking, has that gone away or, or the manufacturers kind of dictating that they, they want the sled to look more like production sleds uh, uh, for the fan? Well, I guess it it does
0: depend on who you talk to. Um, I know Cardell they're they're sticking with that bubble hood because of that reason. I think a lot of it is well, I, I listened to the the Bobby Donahue one. He was always big on aerodynamics, I know. Um so I, I don't think it's, it's as much. Um I don't know if there's a ton of pressure either from the manufacturers. I know they definitely like it that we run that hoods, you know, that resemble Uh, production sleds a lot more. I think it's a good idea just because, you know, we want to keep in touch with uh, the consumer and, and, um, you know, NASCARs aren't stock, but they look like, you know, they resemble a stock car anyway. But uh, that's kind of my thought on it too was, you know, we should run something that actually looks like it. And um, we started doing that right when we were in Champ. We got got these new hoods, and it's easier to see over them, and um, you don't have as many blind spots that kind of thing so I think it's better off that we all run these smaller ones um, yeah. it is a little tough to, to tuck behind them you kind of look like the, the American flat track guys tucking under little windshields but uh, you gotta do what you gotta do yeah. cool uh,
2: so we're kind of just getting near the end of our uh, interview here why don't we talk about your uh, sponsors uh, uh, this year and uh, and uh, you know and, and what. What type of support that they uh, that they give you uh, during the year? <laughs> yeah for sure we've got uh, a few new
0: ones with our wall builders racing deal um so that's that's one of our big ones is you know can't thank those guys enough everybody we talked about Dave and Dermont but Jordan and Dustin Perry and Jeff are very vocal and very involved as well um Brandon Johnson too he's uh if you call the you know their service line it's Brandon mainly answering and, and you know he used to be a very very good champ racer too so he's he's got a lot of knowledge um and then so we can't thank those guys enough for all the support that they're giving us um you know with that sled and all the help um but then you know some of our sponsors that we've had for a while uh, I've talked a lot about Ben Hayes and and Tom Edgar Jr. too um Tom Jr. is from the Eagle River area um worked when he worked under his dad working uh, you know on the skidoo team they were involved in the ovals and he he absolutely loves the ovals and it's just great to see them still out there supporting the ovals as much as they are um and i I think we're having fun you know with Nick and myself and the walls having success um so I think as as long as that's rolling we'll we'll keep uh, doing doing business with those guys um, and i I really really can't uh you know complain anything about about what those guys have given us you know they were there for our first year in champ and you know stood by us when when I got uh out of that year and um so really everything that they've done for us has, has been great and um, that, that partnership has gone a little bit further than I really ever expected. I, I currently work at the largest player uh in the world over at Mies Outland up in Watkins, so it's, uh, it's, it's you know, generated a, a relationship that I really never thought or really saw coming. Um, and then Hager with uh, Walker Evans. Um, Jimmy John's jumping on board is, is really cool this year. Uh, Jimmy's really involved with the race team, um, works with Dustin and it's cool to have their support and then everybody else uh, FXR, Bell, Two Extreme Designs, um, Sled Boy Traction, Power Mad, um, just everybody out there that, that's on the sled and who helps us. We can't thank them enough. Yeah. That um, okay yeah um um you
1: mentioned uh jimmy johns uh talk to us about uh, uh, jimmy johns uh they're very they're very involved in motorsports uh um your 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 guy there is is he like a, a motorsports fanatic uh, does does he does he come to the races uh uh and or does or does he uh, keep track of, uh, of what's uh, what you're doing and and the other uh, and the other uh, race teams uh um I mean it's a it's 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 a out of industry sponsor um you know how, how does uh, how, how do they uh how do they hook up with you
0: yeah, so they've been longtime sponsors uh, of the Wall Brothers, and it stems from Jimmy himself, from my understanding. Oh, yeah? um, Dustin is the one who, who works with Jimmy Johns a lot, but from what I understand, it is, it is Jimmy himself um, that has the interest in racing, and that, you know, that shows across the oval world, obviously, with us. The snowcross world, Aki and, and Elias are just you know, kick and tail over there. Um, and then with the sponsorships of, of Harvick and those guys on the NASCAR circuit too. Um, but it, yeah, from from what I know, it's uh, it's Jimmy himself that just is a, a motorsports fanatic, like he said. Um, and it's it's great. You know, you see his, you see them kind of all over, and we're sponsoring some events as well. It's it's a it's a really good thing for the sport.
1: Yeah, big shout out to those guys for uh, supporting the sport. You know, and uh you know, and and bring in big big racing uh to uh to us. Kind of thing. So uh okay, uh, okay Blaine, we can we can we can wrap it up. Uh um any any parting uh, words, any 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 shout outs you wanna you wanna give to uh, anybody?
0: Um, yeah, maybe a little bit here. Just uh, yeah, we encourage everybody to you know follow along in the year. Um, we've got you know, our next race is coming up in Fargo, Glendon. They've just announced that it's free admission now. So we went from five bucks to free general admission. Cool. Um, they've got indoor seating, so we're excited for that. Uh, follow along the entire Pro Star Cup. Um, I know we're you know we're real excited to to promote as much as we can and, and um, I've not heard a, a live stream feed yet I I'm hoping that we hear something here soon I know last year's sled knocker um, possibly country cat TV with uh, PJ and the watershed crew you know helping out up there in Glendon a lot um, I, I don't know if it is or not but I'll, maybe I'll start the rumor <laughs> yeah sure. um, but you know just, we just encourage uh, you know if there's a race around um, you know all of Drivers, you know, myself, Nick Van Strydonk, uh, Gunner, Colt, Travis, um, you know, anybody, any of us, you know, top pro champ drivers, we're all very approachable. We like talking with the fans and, and working with them. So come on out to a race, um, meet us, come into our trailers, check out the sleds. Uh, we're all for all that stuff. And uh, we hope you guys have a good time and uh, yeah, hope to see everybody at a race.
1: Yeah. So uh, you got social media, people can uh, can uh, follow you on, on social media?
0: Yeah, so we're we're on Facebook as Stevenson Racing. Um I'm on Instagram as at Stevenson One oh Two. my Twitter handle is the same thing. Um yeah, that's kinda of where you can find us
1: at. Yeah, Great. Well I'm gonna I'm gonna be up at I'm gonna be up at Valcourt and hopefully I can drag Hal up there too and uh we're gonna do some snowmobiling and uh and, and, and take in the racing. Uh um so but uh yeah, look forward to going to Velcourt. That's always my uh my go-to race every year and uh i'd love to make it to uh, to eagle river too uh but uh i'm also involved in the snow cross too so it's a it's a, it's a tough uh it's a tough schedule so uh okay. yeah well, I, I really want to i really appreciate you uh coming on and talking to us uh you know very informative uh um you know uh, you know talking about the current state of uh racing uh it's great it's great to hear you and uh you know congrats on uh and uh and uh let's uh let's uh you know go out and uh, get eagle river again
0: yeah well thank you guys again for having me on it's it's all part of uh you know promoting our sports and you know maybe not oval racing as a whole but snowmobiling in general and uh yeah hell enjoy that new 850 yeah. yeah
1: yeah for sure so all right blaine you take care and uh good luck and uh stay safe and uh enjoy the rest of the season
0: I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, great. All right, thanks, Matt.
1: Thanks a lot, Hal.
2: Thanks. Take care. Thanks.